Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. It brings me no joy to say I told you so, because the ramifications for this story are horrifying for anybody in media who is calling out corruption and evil, the evil that is happening in our government. Media Matters has the story. Alex Jones claims InfoWars host Owen Schroyer was charged for free speech. Without question, there is no doubt the sentencing document, what they are asking for in the sentencing of Owen Schroyer, 120 days, and they are outright saying his speech, while none of it was direct incitement. His speech was inflammatory. And as such, he should go to prison. Now, Owen Schroyer was charged for being at the Capitol, not in the Capitol. And what they're saying is that the rhetoric leading up to, during and after warrants a prison sentence. You know, I missed this one when the charging documents dropped on the 5th. It was only last night that I saw the tweet from Clint Russell where he said, uh, I hoped Tim Pool was wrong. He wasn't. And I was like, what was I right about this time? Right. I had said, if they're going after lawyers, they're, they're going after the people on January 6th who bumbled about and had no idea what was going on. We've, we've known that for years. They then went after Donald Trump and his lawyers. And I said, after his lawyers, they are going to go after people who were saying things before January 6th that they will deem to be inflammatory or incitement. The next step in this is media personalities. Owen Schroyer is a bit of a middle ground. To be fair, there are many people who were not in D.C., many people who are in D.C. but not at the Capitol, who are expressing views that I, I, I believe the government will call incitement. Now, Owen Schroyer was there at the Capitol and he was on the grounds, but not in the Capitol. Now, this is interesting. They had a permit to be rallying just outside the Capitol grounds. I, th- I might have actually been it was on the other side of the building. So I'm curious as to what their actual argument is. They're claiming that because Alex Jones and Orrin Schroyer, Infowars, had an image of them bullhorning outside the Capitol, they intended for this to happen. It's incitement. And it's they want. Make no mistake, 
They are seeking to imprison Owen Schroyer because he said things they did not like. Now, I'm sure the liberals and the left will make the argument. They're already lying for one, saying that he went in the Capitol. He didn't. And they're saying it's incitement. He was saying things like we can't let the corrupt get away with this. And, you know, we, we, we are the revolution, things like that. You know, I'm pretty sure that was exactly the reason for the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights, a redress of uh, the right to uh, a redress of grievances, freedom of speech and the press, of which Owen Schroyer is literally all everything he did, demanding accountability, demanding that there be a I mean, to be completely honest, the rhetoric that they're citing in this document is rather vague. It's him saying there's corruption and we got to weed it out and there's going to be people are going to be really mad about this. And they're like, ah, inflammatory. He said, we're going to fight back up. Oh, you see what he means? Man. Owen Schroyer is the midpoint. He was he was there rallying. And they're trying to imprison him for speech. Hate to say I told you so. The next step, the next thing I fear is going to be people who are not even in D.C., but were making videos praising what was going on or calling for some kind of direct action. And of course, nobody said that you should commit acts like no one said, do this specific thing. But there were many people who were calling for action. And in this instance, what they're citing of Owen Schroyer is that he said, are we prepared to do what must be done, whatever that may be? Now, here's the crazy thing. In Owen's mind, he could be literally thinking about calling Mike Pence on the phone. That's whatever that may be. But they twist it to make it seem like he was telling people to go commit acts of violence. Media Matters doesn't even refute what Alex Jones said. Jones says they're openly telling you that you live in Nazi Germany. He says, I didn't cover it, but the Gateway Pundit did. Breaking D.C. prosecutors seek 120 days in prison for Owen Schroyer for speaking out against stolen election 2020. Speech is now a crime. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've tried to lock people up for speech for quite some time, even with the First Amendment. He says, now, that's not just the Gateway Pundit's headline. I have the charging document the feds put forward. Here it is. It says Owen Schroer needs to go to prison for still saying, and they list August 27th, that on, you know, that in August, Owen still said he thinks the election stolen and he called President Biden a pedophile. And they said, so we're asking the judge because of his speech to put him in prison for three months to a year. Now, let that sink in. In Australia, they passed a law to break into your social media and pose as you and commit crimes. Says it right in the law. It doesn't sound real, does it? Human animal hybrids doesn't sound real either. Thanks, Alex. This charging document, it's all over the Internet. The left calling for his head literally says dozens of times he won't shut up. He's not remorseful. He doesn't like Joe Biden. He he wants him to be in jail to the judge. They don't want to just censor you folks. They want to put you in prison. Forgive them, father. They know not what they do. I mean, can you imagine the people, the people that with a straight face live like this? They're asking for prison time for a man that did nothing and was there with me trying to stop people going into the Capitol because he still says he thinks the election was stolen. Whoa, whoa. Hold on there a minute. That's right. Famously, Alex Jones, his rally and his people were saying, do not go in. Well, hold on there a minute. How could you charge him for incitement and rhetoric when they're literally saying don't do it. Yeah, you see where this is going. Owen Schroyer being there is an easy target for them. They they uh, he, he I think we have the story here from uh, ABC June 23rd. 
Owen Shore pleads guilty to Capitol riot charge. Pleaded guilty to joining the mob of Donald Trump supporters who rioted at the Capitol. Wow. Despite the famous video, Alex Jones with his permanent rally saying, do not go in. It's a trap. Amazing. In the charging document, they call Jones person one, apparently. Let me let me break this down for you. It is unambiguous. The charging document right here. This is the U.S. versus Jonathan Owen Schroyer. In the months prior to January 6th, Schroyer spread election disinformation, paired with violent rhetoric to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of viewers. He presciently warned in November 2020 that if Joe Biden became president, it's not going to be a million peaceful marchers in D.C. Let's stop right there. What does that mean? Many on the left said quite literally the exact same thing. This is not uh, this is not, uh, how do you say, instructive. It's 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 predictive. Anyone could have predicted that same thing. On January 6, 2021, Schroyer took to a megaphone before leading a crowd to the Capitol. The Democrats are posing as communists, but we know what they really are. They're just tyrants. They're tyrants. And so today on January 6, we declare death to tyranny, death to tyrants. Schroyer did not stop at the sight of tear gas or signs of explosions on the west side of the Capitol. He continued marching around the top of the East Steps, chanting 1776, where rioters would eventually violently breach the Capitol and its police line and halt the transfer of presidential power. Schroyer did not step foot inside the Capitol. He did not need to. Many of those who listened to him did instead. In the aftermath, he has blamed Antifa and told his followers, we should have been proud of what happened. This is interesting. I, I disagree. I don't know the context and I don't trust the government as they describe it. But uh, I don't think it was Antifa. I think there were feds. But I do think a lot of people just acted a fool. You got people who actually thought occupying a building would do anything for them. It's kind of laughable. The only thing that really could have changed things is if Mike Pence kicked the votes back to uh, uh, to the states for review. And then there was a House delegation vote. January 6th was pretty dumb, pretty dumb. Schroyer helped create January 6th. The government respectfully requests that his court sent this court sentence him to 120 days of incarceration, 12 months of supervised release, 60 hours of community service and $500 in restitution. Now, I say this is a midpoint because it is not fair to just say someone was speaking up, so they're charging him, but grains of sand to make a heap, as I often say. The issue with Owen Schroyer is that he had previously received some kind of charge in 2019 and under a, a, a deferred uh, prosecution agreement, they say uh, uh, because of it, uh, this deferred agreement, he was not supposed to protest on Capitol grounds. That's an agreement he made. They say, uh, I, I want to see if they have this. They say Schroyer was arrested on December 9, 2019 in D.C. after disrupting a House Judiciary Committee meeting in the Longworth House office building by jumping out of his seat and shouting in a loud manner. He got like a disorderly thing. They gave him a deferred, pro- what is it, a DPA? Deferred prosecution agreement. Yeah, deferred prosecution agreement. And he was he agreed not to other loud, threatening or abusive language, not to engage in disorderly, disruptive conduct at the Capitol, et cetera, et cetera. Now, hold on. We can argue outright that violates the First Amendment as it is quite literally the right to peaceably assemble and protest and seek a regis of grievances. Wouldn't that fall under you can show up and yell things? And the worst thing that should happen if you do is you are just removed for being disruptive. That's reasonable to me. But criminal charges and deferred blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. That's already starting to get interesting. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? 
They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They have a map of the Capitol grounds here. Moving forward, they go to mention that the DPA was a four-month term. The COVID pandemic emergency told this time period for Schroyer to complete his hours. As of January 5th and 6th, Schroyer had not completed any hours of community service, and the DPA and Schroyer's stay-away order from the Capitol was still active. You see, it was supposed to have been resolved, but they're arguing because he did not do community service, it was active nearly a year and a few months later. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, this is a, a, year and a, a year and a few months. In the weeks before January 6th, Schroyer stoked the flames of a potential disruption of the certification vote by streaming disinformation about alleged voter fraud and stolen election of thousands, perhaps millions. This is where it gets interesting. This should not be in a charging document, period, should not be here. There should be no attempt to use someone's protected speech and political views to justify sentencing them over protesting. If the argument is he wasn't supposed to be there, the charging document should literally say with the DPA in place, Schroyer was not supposed to be there. We hereby seek X amount of time. That's it. They I, I, I really doubt a D.C. judge is going to side with Infowars on this one in any way. They say Exhibit 1, November 13th, 2020, news to share million MAGA Eve. Interesting. What is that? On November 13th, 2020, Schroyer bragged to a crowd in D.C. that Infowars stopped the steel movement, was able to get 40,000 followers in parlor in five days and millions of streaming views, proving that we are still in control of this country, which you'd think would uh, be de-radicalizing. The following day, on November 14th, Schroyer spoke to another D.C. crowd through a bullhorn stating, if the mainstream media did not want to broadcast the American Revolution 2.0, then fine. Infowars will take the exclusives. Uh, I remember during Occupy Wall Street, they said quite literally the same thing. The revolution will not be televised. It will be televised by us and many things like that. They referred to what they were doing as they occupied numerous cities and the Brooklyn Bridge and uh, Zuccotti Park in D.C., as well as many other places around the country. They called it a revolution. In fact, there was a period during Occupy where the activists actually went into all of the congressional buildings and hundreds of people were marching around. Everybody peacefully went through the metal detectors and they walked around and they said they can't do anything about it. It's a public building. Now, don't get me wrong. I get it. There is a difference between having the electoral vote count with everyone in session and and closing off the area for security reasons and a random day in which people just showed up. I get that. Let's read more. By December 30th, 31st, 2020, Infowars had turned its sights specifically to January 6th, airing a poster which Schroer depicted with other members of Infowars broadcasting team directly in front of the image of the Capitol. Be a part of history. Fight for Trump. Now, this is the interesting thing. The Infowars team was saying, don't go in the Capitol. And they had a permitted rally to be there. They're now using 
this image of bullhorns protected speech as justification for their charges. This is they are explicitly saying the speech of them is 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 a reason why he should go to prison. They're not explicitly saying it's criminal, but understand this. By putting these things in the charging document, they're outright saying your free speech and constitutionally protected activities warrant us to give you an extended sentence in prison. On January 5th, Schroyer returned to D.C., where he broadcast from Freedom Plaza stating Americans are ready to fight. We aren't exactly sure what's going to look like in a couple of weeks if we cannot stop the certification of this fraudulent election of Joe Biden. We are letting the crooks in Congress know that we know Donald J. Trump won this election. And so the crooks in Congress had better know that we the people are here. We're allowed. We're going to be here all week. We are the new revolution. What does it, any, any of that mean? You had Maxine Waters say it again in people's faces. You've had many Democrats do quite literally the same thing. You've had them storm the Capitol building. You've had them storm congressional buildings. The, uh, these, these, these videos have gone viral. They disrupted the proceeding of a, a Supreme Court appointment. Nobody cares. D.C. and the feds are weaponized. And so what you need is, you know, look, Ron DeSantis says he's going to start pardoning people. But what he said about uh, uh, the Proud Boys was that we'll use pardons and commutations to make sure that the charges are all equal. What that means is, you know, he may come in and say that the Proud Boys have already served their time. Therefore, they're being commuted. We're commuting their sentence or pardoning them. What he's not saying is that he's going to give he's, he's letting anybody go. He's saying it will be equal and just. I think it's fair. Trump even said some of these people deserve to go to jail. Some people have said the Proud Boys who rioted shouldn't get any jail time. That's completely wrong. Uh, anybody who was rioting and fighting with cops, I think, deserves some kind of criminal charge. No question. Owen Schroyer was just saying stupid things. And I don't mean to say that fighting for this country or whatever is stupid. I'm saying, look, man, when you're outside of this of, of the Capitol building, it's closed off and you've got people marching around and you're saying things like death to tyrants. I'm sorry. You're allowed to say it. But I do think. Be careful. That being said, it's not criminal. You're allowed to express your opinions and say things and say we are fighting back and we are the revolution. I don't see where they explain that Schroyer gave explicit instructions on what to do. That day, Schroyer also called into another live broadcast of Infowars stating, what I'm afraid of is if we do not get this false certification of Biden stopped this week, I'm afraid of what this means the rest of the month. I'm afraid of what this is going to mean to these Trump supporters and what it's going to mean about January 21st. He goes on to say that he thinks it's stolen. But really, if you take a look at what Alex Jones was saying, don't go in. You take a look at what Trump was saying, peacefully protest. It was the only the only actions entertained was that members of Congress would challenge the results. Mike Pence would not uh, accept electoral votes from states that were in question and with pending lawsuits. Instead, Mike Pence was dropped to his knees and just begged to not be involved at all. You know what I think? I think that Mike Pence should have petitioned the states, the state legislatures that have the, the absolute constitutional authority over their elections and said to them, you bring me a resolution arguing that these must be returned and I'll abide by the Constitution. But there are a lot of problems with that. And there was a lawsuit or a lot of lawsuits, but there was Texas v. Pennsylvania and the courts were not hearing these charges. The, the, I'm sorry, these cases. Certainly the stupidest thing in the world was storming the Capitol building. But for a lot of people, they had no idea what was going on. Outside of that, 
we can simply say when they come out in the charging document and go on to say that well after the fact, let's uh, let's advance to the well after the fact point that even today, as Alex Jones pointed out, uh, let's let's jump past the January 6th stuff. Yep. Owen Schroyer was there on the Capitol grounds, should not have been. And they argue that what he was saying was inflammatory and incitement, etc. Sure. Make your arguments about this stuff, right? You've got uh, uh, exhibits from other period, uh, uh, other other times, but I want to make sure. Uh, I want to make sure I find the. Uh, it's long. Here we go. Yada yada yada. Uh, exhibit fourteen. Here we go. Let's uh, jump to this. On May seventeenth, twenty twenty one, on his Infowars broadcast, Schroyer stated that he realized something about January six. While downplaying that, yeah, it got a lot out of control. There was some violence against the police. There was a little bit of violence in the building too. Property damage. He stated that January 6th was like a mouse that roared compared to when Democrats riot. He wanted to say that we should have rejected the narrative of January 6th. And frankly, at a certain level, we should have been proud of it. We should have been proud of what happened on January 6th, but they stole that from us. On August 20th, 2021, the day after they that Schroyer learned there was a warrant for his arrest based on his actions, he broadcast on Infowars a big story. Schroyer stated that the FBI should be investigated for their role in January 6th and that Democrats stood down security intentionally. My point here, they are explicitly using speech after the fact about his political views on what happened to justify criminally sent- sentencing him. And uh, also, I want to make sure, you know, I can be as reasonable as possible. These charges were coming about well before Trump was indicted or the lawyers were indicted. We are now getting this this document on September 5th. It's released saying that his speech plays a role in why she should be in prison. This is not the exact scenario that I was describing. I'm not going to sit here and say that I, you know, everything I say is perfectly true or anything like that. No, 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 no. I said that they're going to start going after media personalities who were inflammatory or otherwise. This certainly falls under that umbrella, although it's far from the center of what I was describing specifically. So let me explain. There are many people who out of the state or in D.C., but not anywhere near the Capitol, had made videos where they were saying inflammatory things. And in this case, Owen Schroyer is not explicitly saying everybody go commit specific action, which is the requirement for incitement to give specific action. We've talked about it quite a bit on Tim Castile. There were people on various social media platforms who I will not name who were actually saying, like, people should go in and do things. I'm not going to repeat what they said. We should give them and then inflammatory rhetoric, go in there and commit act. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying anybody said to hurt anybody. People were explicitly saying, whether as figures of speech or otherwise, that there should be a riot. And I'm like, yo, those people are going to jail. It is not even 2024 yet. And they are telling you explicitly that what Owen Schroyer said after January 6 warrants a prison sentence. This is where we are. I want to talk a bit more about um, the history of this country. I want to make a few points. PJ Media has an article. Why are the Proud Boys getting longer sentences than murderers? Vivek Ramaswamy, is sl- uh, Ramaswamy slams the Biden DOJ persecution of J6 defendants. And uh, yesterday, we had someone call in, maybe you're listening, saying, uh, how could I praise the founding fathers, but then tell people to comply and work within the system? What do you think the founding fathers did? This is, this is, this, this is the hilarious thing. This view that so many people claim to have about uh, uh, 
the American Revolution is like based off of a, a, a cereal box or something. And I'm not saying I'm an expert on history. Or I'm, I'm not a historian. I just read. That's all I really do. And uh, it's it's surface level, skin deep. But uh, I, I, I read a little bit about this stuff. The founding fathers petitioned the government for for a, for two decades or longer over and over and over again, just sending strongly worded letters. What ends up happening was an escalation on the part of the crown. And there's a million and one scenarios and a ton about history that we could cite and reference as to what started everything. It's not any one thing. The Boston Massacre, the Boston Tea Party. What I find truly fascinating when you when you look at history, let's bring up the battles of Lexington and Concord, and we'll talk about what we want to avoid and what we want to happen. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today, times are very different. It is not the same as 1776. And my friends, 1776 is not even the appropriate year. But look, I get it. Most people don't know. 1776 was when the Declaration of Independence was signed and a statement was made after a formal meeting that uh, we can govern ourselves. 13 colonies. There were more than 13 British colonies. You realize that, right? Famously, Quebec was like, we're not interested. We're totally fine with where we are. Formerly a French colony. They didn't share the same kind of worldview as the other colonies. And it was even difficult for some of these colonies to convince the southern colonies to join slavery being a big issue. So what happens? There's a lot to break down, and I can't give you the uh, full historical context. But I want to explain something. 248 years ago, man, times were certainly different. Communication was certainly different. But the simple version of what happened, the Boston Tea Party happens. A bunch of patriots disguise themselves as Native Americans, uh, among other things, go onto a boat, throw a bunch of tea in the water. Now, it's funny when you... uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not a historian, so I can only give you a cursory understanding of this stuff. But uh, we, we, we heard, uh, typically you hear from people that it was because they had uh, raised the taxes on tea or something to that effect. Uh, others have stated, if you're a historian, you, you can correct in the comments below. It was actually, they dropped the, ta- the, the taxes on tea, making it harder for American tea producers to compete with British tea, and it was disruptive to the colonial economy. I'm not an expert on this stuff. Either way, they threw tea into the ocean, destroying it. This resulted in the coercive acts or the intolerable acts. Basically, because of the destruction of the tea, the crown parliament was like, and this is 1774. 
Two years, okay? Okay, two years before the Declaration of Independence. And the, the Revolutionary War started in 1775. The war was already happening on, before the Declaration was even signed. Four acts were enacted by Parliament, uh, basically because of you know what was going on. And this is really amazing. Amazing. It goes back even further than that. The British Parliament hoped these punitive measures would, by making an example of Massachusetts, reverse the trend of colonial resistance to Parliament, parliamentary authority that begun with the Sugar Act of 1764. My friends, 12 years, 12 years before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That would make Thomas Jefferson like was 14 years old. These founding, the founding fathers were children when the revolutionary period began. And for decades, they simply said, please listen to us. There was no, uh, the founding fathers did not organize to go attack people or anything like this. So what happens? The crown enacts the intolerable acts or the coercive acts, depending on what, what, you know, your perspective, I suppose, be, uh, because of the Boston Tea Party. They say on December 16, 1773, a group of patriot colonists associated with the Sons of Liberty destroyed 342 chests in the Tea of Boston, Massachusetts, became known as the Boston Tea Party. The colonists partook in the action because Parliament had passed the Tea Act, which granted the British East India Company a monopoly on tea sales in the colonies, thereby saving the company from bankruptcy. This made British tea less expensive. In addition, there was a, a added, uh, they added a small tax. It angered the colonists. News of the Boston Tea Party reached England in 1774. Parliament responded by passing four laws. Now, isn't this funny? It took a month or so for this news to make it to Parliament thousands of miles away. Three of the laws were intended to directly punish Massachusetts. This was for the destruction of private property to restore British authority in Massachusetts and otherwise reform colonial government in America. Consider the scenario. Very different from today. You've got a government that's thousands of miles away. The further away your centralized government is, it's harder to manage things. People protest. Why? The government had given a corporation a monopoly in order to protect them from bankruptcy. Oh, boy. There are parallels to today. We can talk about 2008. We can talk about the big bank bailouts and what that led to. Occupy Wall Street could perhaps be seen as our Boston Tea Party. Maybe. The initial protests of Occupy were not leftist. They were populist. And from this is born the populist wave. Now, it's been quite some time. It's been a decade. It's been a decade. I don't know exactly where this goes. It may not be uh, everything happening in the same path or uh, history rhymes doesn't repeat. You have these people marching down the street saying it's 1776. And 1776 was a response to the British government attacking the colonists who were British subjects, mind you. Which brings me to the Battle of Lexington and Concord. The famous shot heard round the world, which kicked off the American Revolutionary War. The battles of Lexington and Concord were some of the leading military engagements of the American Revolutionary War. The battles were fought on April 19th, 1775 in Middlesex County, province of Massachusetts, within the towns of Lexington and uh, Concord, Lincoln and Monotomy, uh, probably pronouncing that wrong, present day Arlington and Cambridge. They marked the outbreak of armed conflict between the Kingdom of Great Britain and Patriot militias. From America's 13 colonies. I give you the overly simplified version. Tea Party happens. Government's bailing out massive corporations. Then uh, you, you get uh, a month later, they say, we're going to pass these, these restrictive acts to restore control over this colony, which we view as being in rebellion. Patriot militias began to form. Outside of Boston, 
you had crown control, which is government control, and you had militia control outside of this area. The crown then was basically the, 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 the I don't know if it was the crown directly, but the uh, uh, the regulars, which keep in mind, all of these people are British subjects. The government is the crown. You know, this, this the famous line where they say Paul Revere was like, the British are coming. No, they didn't. They were all British. So the regulars or the redcoats, likely the redcoats, uh, some say the regulars are coming. These were the well-regulated mil- uh, military men of the crown. They go to seize weapons. Let's, uh, let's uh, yeah, redcoats they were called, or devils by colonists. Uh, where, where, where do we have the... In 1774, colonial leaders adopted the Suffolk Resolves in resistance to the alterations made to the Massachusetts colonial government by British Parliament following the Boston Tea Party. The Colonial Assembly responded by forming a patriot provisional government known as the Massachusetts Provisional Congress and calling for local militias to train for possible hostilities. The colonial government effectively controlled the colony outside of British-controlled Boston. In response, the British government of 1775 declared Massachusetts to be in a state of rebellion. I don't know exactly where all of this goes. But I will stress this point. We're nowhere near this right now. Okay, we are at the point of large scale protests. That's it. We are now seeing the government go after people who protested. Here's my fears. First, I'll state what we want to happen. What we want to happen is people chill out, no violence, we want a regis of grievances. We want powerful litigation, lawsuits, challenges to the courts, an election of someone we hope may actually start weeding out corruption. Perhaps Donald Trump, perhaps not. That may be the best option we have. I don't know what pro- the probability is that Trump actually gets it, done, gets it done, but he's the best case scenario. Trump goes in, brings in an AG. We see the weeding out of the corruption. The difference between the crown and uh, the government today is that we actually do have the Constitution and a vision of the founding fathers, which grants us more legal rights in challenging these injustices. And there is a path to victory through a standard legal process. We are dealing with a fifth generational war, which requires us to think tactfully and to remain peaceful. There is no victory in which people are violently doing anything. There is no reality where occupying a building grants you political power. It's not the 1600s. Even back then, it didn't, what ma- it didn't matter. What matters is confidence in the system. That means we have to win the argument and the hearts and minds of people. And that is done through moral victories, cultural victories, PR victories. And we're getting those with these woke corporations failing. We are getting those with the rise of companies like Public Square, with these uh, with a parallel economy. You get ultra ultra right, uh, uh, a conservative dad's ultra right beer. You get Jeremy's chocolate. You get Jeremy's razors. You get cast brew coffee. You get cousin T's pancake mix. We build the parallel economy, which allows us to command more resources and, and, and uh, litigious authority. We file more lawsuits. We win. When we win that war, we do it peacefully. And we do it right through the system that we have before us, which we are attempting to preserve. We are not challenging an unjust crown that declares authority through divine providence. What we have today is a government set up by the founding fathers that is of, uh, for, and by the people. But corruption is supplanting it. We want to preserve that system, not rip it to shreds. So this idea of it's 1776 once again, no. I get the sentiment. I'm not trying to be a dick to anybody who's trying to push out the corruption. But my, my view on this is times are different. Strategies are different. Conflict is different. 
And we don't want to destroy the far leftists do. We want to protect and preserve, renew, restore. And with this, there will be a new, a rebirth. That means Trump's far from perfect. But should he win, then I hope we get dramatic reforms. We get figurative revolutionary change. There are people right now that keep citing Thomas Jefferson and the blood of patriots. And I'm like, dude, we're not there. We are not even at any kind of Boston Tea Party or Boston Massacre level uh, 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 conflict. Right. And I think the 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 uh, Boston uh, massacre was like, what was it 1769, 1770? Uh, you know, the Boston Tea Party was uh, 1773. And I believe the Boston massacre was, uh, well, let's pull up the American Revolution. because I don't have the Boston massacre pulled up. My point is this seven. Wow. The American Revolution began 1765. Arguably with the uh, was it the Sugar Act 1764 was the was the, the main kickoff. It ended with the Treaty of Paris in 1783. You know, I strongly recommend people read more about it. And I've not even I'm not even a historical expert on all of this stuff, but I can tell you there are a lot of questions about whether or not anyone actually had the authority to declare independence. Did it even matter? I don't think it mattered. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Obviously, the Dec- Declaration of Independence was a powerful statement. But you need to understand that hostilities had begun with with the crown attacking the colonists because they kept filing a petition. Let me, let me simplify this. The colonists keep sending strongly worded letters to Parliament. Parliament says we don't care. Eventually, the po- colonists protest. The crown then sends in uh, uh, soldiers effectively National Guard or police. It's not the same equivalent because they didn't have police departments the same way back then. But this results in particularly like the Quartering Act, allowing British regulars to live in the homes of colonists. This stuff was shocking and offensive. People got mad about it. Outside of Boston, militias started to gather. I have described just this on many, many circumstances. My fear is that confidence in the government will be rocked because They keep doing things that are out of line with our traditions and our social norms. It is not socially acceptable in this country to sentence someone to three months in prison or more because of their speech after the fact. When they were engaging in politics and saying the government's corrupt, then you say, we're going to lock you up for that. That is outside of the social norms and results in a shattering of the confidence in the system. More and more people, left and right, are viewing the government as illegitimate. That's a problem we want to avoid. We want confidence in the system. So here's my fear. As the confidence is shattered, you get local groups forming militias, not out of any kind of demand or call by any kind of unified continental army, as we saw with, uh, the, with the Boston, uh, with the uh, Battle of Lexington and Concord. Militia groups were just forming. Provisional governments, whatever you want to call it, groups came together and said, we have to resist. When they say that January 6th was 1776, no, it's more akin to like 1774. And that terrifies me because I don't think we want that. I don't think the people in Massachusetts wanted that. I don't think the founding fathers wanted that. The founding fathers would have much preferred that parliament simply abide by their requests and be more fair. I'll tell you this. If the crown the British crown went to the founding fathers 
many of whom had no legitimate authority in government. There's questions about this. Many of them were governmental leaders. Don't get me wrong. If they went to the colonists and said, how can we compromise to better work together? There would have been no revolution. We would have remained subjects of the crown. It's really remarkable, isn't it? But the crown kept saying, shut your mouths, you backwater morons. And we're going to tell you what to do. They used an iron fist and an iron fist was met with resistance. That's what I fear happens now. The sentencing of Owen Schroyer will only exacerbate the problems. Instead of them coming out, this is what the founding fathers truly understood. It was, um, uh, I forgot the name. You guys know this. After the Revolutionary War, there were many people who fought who were not paid properly and they entered rebellion. And so you had, I think, Thomas Jefferson. Ask, you know, Ian brings it up all the time. Blanket pardons all of these guys. Brilliant move. And he said, we cannot begin a new nation by fighting amongst ourselves and doing exactly what the crown did. We must accept this. Um, I forgot the guy's name. You guys probably uh, remember it. So Ian is partially correct about that, but I don't think he's correct about pardoning, say, like the likes of Hillary Clinton or whatever. I'm saying the appropriate move of Joe Biden's government right now to simmer tensions completely and to resolve the conflict and crisis is actually not to prosecute these people. It's to say, Owen Schroyer, please recognize we don't want. Imagine this. Imagine the prosecution came out and said in a statement, Owen Schroyer, what you did was wrong. You should not have been fanning the flames of conflict and this angry sentiment. Your views on what happened uh, to this election are incorrect. We believe your statements were disinformation, but we recognize your anger and frustration. We don't want things to escalate. We hope you recognize the system seeks justice. And for that, we recommend time served, penalty served. Owen Schroyer, continue your good work and please be more respectful. It's the best we can say. What is Owen Schroyer going to say to that? He's going to say, wow, OK, wow. Imagine if the prosecution came out to all the January Sixers. Imagine if Joe Biden came out and said, we understand the anger and the sentiment that people have. We understand the revolutionary nature of this country. But this is not the path forward and will only lead to more conflict and crisis. For that, we hereby issue a blanket pardon of all people who are criminally charged over January 6th. Imagine if Joe Biden did that. That would, that would de-escalate things. Chinese finger trap problem. The more they pull, the more they attack, the more you are likely to end up with what I fear. And that is, as I've mentioned it, page, uh, militia groups forming around the country just saying the government's illegitimate. And why have I said that? Read about the battles of Lexington and Concord. Read about how the Continental Congress forms. Read about how different people around in different colonies were not unified and simply were saying, we reject this. That's my fear. I want a legal victory. I want to sit back and put our feet up and be like, we filed the proper paperwork. We did the right lawsuits. We, we campaigned effectively. Trump got in, arrested corrupt individuals, and we did the right thing. What I fear is, as the government brings a boot down on the necks of people like Owen Schroyer, you will end up just with people saying the government's illegitimate. The left already did it. The right has begun to do it, uh, you know, had been doing it for some time now. The left started it with, with Donald Trump. The right carried out their vision with Joe Biden. And the end result of this, if people don't just calm down, it's going to be whether you want it or not, conflict. It's interesting because I wonder if you could view you know, say the battles of Lexington Concord, similarly to what's going on with Stop Cop City. The leftists could make similar arguments that they no longer, they're rejecting the authority of the state, the police, and they're actively fighting back. A shootout happened in Atlanta. 
A guy was killed. I wonder, depending on what happens, if there's a second American Civil War, not a revolution, do they talk about the various skirmishes left and right that led to the escalation? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Eric Adams basically describes the apocalypse for New York City due to a wave of illegal immigrants in a shocking video saying, we're done. 10,000 illegal immigrants per month. And he does not see a solution to the problem. It's fascinating because a viral tweet has emerged in which Eric Adams said that New York will always be a sanctuary city. And now it can't be. You know, it's fascinating. People who live on the borders and who live in rural areas are experiencing these problems, are talking about the problems of mass illegal immigration. And in big liberal bastion cities, they say, oh, you're overreacting and they resist. Something interesting happens. The governors of these states start sending the illegal immigrants to the sanctuary saying, fine, if you're happy with it, if you like what's going on, we'll send them your way. And oh, no. Now New York is doomed. Really? It really is fascinating. People who don't experience the problem, celebrate the problem, mock you for it. If only there was a solution, perhaps some kind of physical structure that would inhibit, slow down or prevent illegal immigration to this country. If only there was a man who had proposed such a structure. You get it. Walls aren't perfect. Fences aren't perfect, but they're deterrents. The left likes to post these videos of people cutting through the bollard fencing. And it's like, that's not an argument against walls. It's an argument for more walls. Donald Trump famously wanted to build that wall, a big, beautiful wall, 30 feet tall, sea to shining sea. And uh, instead, we got bollard fencing in some areas, triple layered, did secure key areas that were problematic. And so I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get. In fact, now it appears that even Joe Biden is still, because of course they would be, shoring up some of the border security. Uh, but it's still a big problem. And now we get to see not not a story about hypocrisy, but a story of ramifications. And for all of you Democrats in New York City, you voted for this and you deserve it. However, you don't deserve what happens next if you adapt and address the issue. If you change your voting patterns, if you reject these policies, if you actually pay attention for once, then you deserve better. But if this is what you vote for, this is what you deserve. I want to play for you the clip in question. We have this uh, from NYC Photog. It is Mayor Eric Adams telling everyone this is the apocalypse. And I want to stress what this means. Trump is right now projected to win. If the, if the election happened today, analysts believe Trump would win. Although in the polling, it is a statistical tie between Trump and Biden. Trump has the edge, the margin of error being around 3%. Trump is up by 8%. So we don't know for sure. But the way things are trending, even CNN points out, never in 2019 or 2020 did we see a poll where Trump was ahead of Biden in this way. So take a look at what's happening to Democrats who have mocked the right, mocked Trump and mocked Republicans. Support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City.
We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just getting Venezuela. Now we're getting Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are gonna be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew, we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No, it's not the game we can play. Open the floor up. This is basically the announcement that Donald Trump is going to win. Okay, look, I don't know what happens in the next year and a couple months. A lot can change. But Ann Coulter was talking about how immigration is on the ballot. And ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing it right now. You don't got to be a fan of hers for whatever reason you like or dislike her. The point she made was immigration's on the ballot. I think she's right. I don't know to what, you know, she said it was the, the principal issue, perhaps. Here's a, here's a funny tweet from Eric Adams. We should protect our immigrants, period. Yes, New York City will remain a sanctuary city under an Adams administration. October 20th, 2021. You deserve it. Every sweet word emitted from your mouth, Eric Adams, you deserve everything happening to you. And everyone in that city deserves everything that comes next. Austerity measures, severing of services. Oh, boy. You mock and you insult not just Donald Trump, but anybody who has the gall to say this is a problem. And now you're experiencing it. They've done you the favor. And you hear what he said about what these people are doing to us. The city you love will be gone. Wow. Some of the most vile white supremacist rhetoric I've heard in a very long time. Blaming those people, Eric Adams? Oof, heavens me. Whatever, man. That's one of the reasons I leave New York City. I don't know. Bombs were going off and people were riding. So I was like, probably don't want to be here. Mismanagement? That's an understatement. And it's already a heavily taxed city. One of the few cities with its own income tax. Meaning, if you live in New York, you've got federal state and city income tax. Why? To pay for all of the problems they create. But by all means, people keep living there because if you're happy, then fine. So be it. 
but it's going to get real interesting real quick. It already is. On the Daily Mail. Speaking to furious residents at a town hall meeting on Wednesday, he admitted he doesn't see a solution to the problem as he slammed the lack of help from Joe Biden. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. Well, that's just that's just that's too bad. Authorities are concerned that without an exit ramp, the situation could soon reach boiling point as furious protesters have clashed on the streets of the five boroughs while more migrants are left homeless by the limited space. You see, these people, they voted against securing the border. They mocked it. Ocasio-Cortez lied left and right about what was really going on on the border. Concentration camps. Y'all voted for her. So let me just say I am left with no endless pleasure when I say this is what you voted for. And it brings me a schadenfreude satisfaction to see you now reap what you have sown. Okay, okay, I'm a reasonable person. I hope that the experience you are having results in you all waking up and saying, perhaps we need to stop this. Maybe you'll consider voting out Ocasio-Cortez, who was in favor of these immigration policies. I'm not going to hold my breath. It's simple. I'm just going to choose not to live in that state where a bunch of ill-informed egotists vote for policies that destroys everything around them and then blames everyone else. They call it the locust effect. They come into New York, they vote for nonsense based on nonsensical things, emotional reasons, hatred. They bring in policies which destroy their city. Then they move out to areas where you have maintained things, vote for the same policies again, ravage and gut and destroy like locusts eating all of your crops from one crop field to another. The people who live here are going to flee the crisis they've created. They're then going to vote for the exact same policies that brought the crisis in the first place. Welcome to the cycle. The city has a legal obligation to give shelter to those who make their way to the metro. And Adams has desperately turned to a variety of city landmarks, makeshift shelters and temporary housing as short term solutions. Almost every decision he makes over the issue has caught the ire of New Yorkers. I, I'm, I'm sorry. This is just so awesome. New Yorkers who vote five uh, four to one for the Democrats are now angry about it. You're angry about voting for a mayor who outright said you will be a sanctuary city. You got what you voted for. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. It's not just New York. Take a look at this from the Daily Mail. Hunt, uh, from the Daily Mail, hundreds of migrants are hidden behind a black curtain at Chicago's O'Hare Airport as desperate families are left sleeping on the floor for up to 10 days after being flown in from Texas. I love this. I absolutely love this. Take a look at this story. Federal judge orders Texas to remove floating border barrier. Abbott immediately appeals the ruling. You can't blame Texas. Texas is actually trying to stop the migrant crisis, trying to create a barrier to prevent the flow of illegal immigration. And a federal court said, no, thanks, Joe Biden. Thank them all, all the Democrats you voted for. So all I can really say is maybe, maybe the suffering you are enduring right now will wake you up to the problem that is uncontrollable mass illegal immigration. I mean, I'm of the opinion that everybody in the world should come to America. Every single person, every human being everywhere should come to America. Now, hold on there a minute. It's got to be done legally through a legal process, which means 
fill out the paperwork, wait till we have proper economic placing. And of course, that actually means migration would probably go down to a certain degree, especially the illegal immigration. But what I mean to say is, if you want to come here, apply. We'd love to have you. We've got to find out where it makes sense for you to go. We can't just let people randomly come into this country through the southern border that's open because that results in crime and drug trafficking and human trafficking. A lot of people coming through are just looking for a better life. And I absolutely respect that. America's awesome. But there's a reason why we have a process. Imagine if everybody was trying to rush to the counter of McDonald's to order a cheeseburger. Nobody would get to. It would be bedlam. People would start leaving. That's why we form a queue so we can take turns and do everything in an orderly way so that we can all benefit fairly. The people jumping the queue and coming to the country are just causing problems. They're trying to reap benefits without playing by the rules. That is awful. That is despicable. And so I got to tell you, the people from Central America who are coming to this country, from these various countries that Eric Adams mentioned, I have infinitely more respect for than many of these lefty uh, Democrat types that are burning the country to the ground, because at the very least, the people coming here believe in the American dream. These leftists hate America. They're probably gloating at what they're watching. This is crazy that Texas. Let me read this quote. Governor Abbott announced that he was not asking for permission for Operation Lone Star, the anti-immigration program under which Texas constructed the floating barrier. Unfortunately for Texas, permission is exactly what federal law requires before installing obstructions in the nation's navigable waters. Federal District Judge David A. Ezra wrote in his order issuing a preliminary injunction to remove the barrier. Yeah. In Arizona, they set up a bunch of shipping containers to create a makeshift wall, and they were instructed to remove those as well because the Biden administration is trying to intentionally destroy this country. Look, man, I am a reasonable person. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt when I can, but there is no logical reason to stop the border barriers in Arizona or here in Texas. Now, don't get me wrong with Texas like, oh, okay, they're they're blocking navigable waters. That doesn't explain why they're trying to shut down the wall itself, why they resist it and why they are allowing this to persist. It's no, it doesn't explain why they have the policy of letting them come in and then flying them around the country. It doesn't explain why Joe Biden's administration was smuggling children on planes. Yeah, that's right. Taking migrant, illegal immigrant children, putting them on planes and flying them across the country. So the least that Texas and Florida and Arizona, those states, all these other red states can do is say, fine, if you want illegal immigrations, uh, if you want uh, illegal immigrants to come to your city, your sanctuary city, we'll send them to you. But now look at the crocodile tears, the crocodile tears. But let's talk about where this goes. I hope you enjoy this one from CNN. Within the margin of error, no clear leader. Donald Trump, 47 percent. Joe Biden, 46 percent. They're basically in a statistical tie. But what I will note was there was not a single poll conducted by CNN during the entire 2020 cycle in which Donald Trump got a higher share of the vote than Joe Biden did. So this is a vastly different picture from what we saw four years ago. That is some very interesting context in all of this. What it means, we will see. What it means is right now, Trump will beat Biden. It doesn't mean that it's a guarantee. It means as of right now, if the election were held today, Trump wins. Why? Trump lost by only 42,000 votes in three states. You think polling now above Biden for the something CNN says never happened in the 2020 cycle? Yeah, I think it is a fair assessment to say if the election happened right now, Trump wins. I think immigration plays a huge role in this. And I think they're ignoring the problem. 
The New York Times writes consistent signs of erosion in black and Hispanic support for Biden. It's a weakness that could manifest itself as low Democratic turnout, even if Trump and Republicans don't gain among those groups. Bingo. They say Mr. Biden leads Trump by just 53 percent to 28 percent among registered non-white voters in a compilation of Times Siena polls from 22 and 23, which includes over 1,500 non-white respondents. The results represent a marked deterioration in Biden's support compared to 2020 when he had more than 70 percent. So let's consider this. Trump doesn't gain with these communities. There's a lot of arguments that Trump's doing better in the black community. And they said the same thing last time around. But if Biden loses, well, there you go. If Biden is losing support among these groups, and he is precipitously, Trump doesn't need to gain 42,000 votes. That's all Trump needed. Okay, let's say Biden loses 30,000 and Trump only gains a, a few thousand. I mean, look, if Biden loses by 40, if, if Biden loses 42,000 votes, Trump won. Trump does not need a single new supporter if Biden loses 42,000 votes in these in these states. So this is why they are pulling out all the stops and they're trying to remove Trump's name from the ballot. We talked about this last night. Now, Colorado, Colorado, Arizona, New Hampshire, Florida. I don't see it happening in Florida. New Hampshire is a debate between certain Republicans. Should be interesting. We'll see. Arizona, maybe we'll see what happens. Now, across the board, the AGs are saying, like, no, 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 we can't do this. But the lawsuits are coming. They are going to try everything in their power to steal political power. That's the scary nature of where we're currently at. Earlier this morning, I did a segment about Owen Schroyer. He was outside the Capitol, but on the grass. So he's been criminally charged. And they said his speech is a factor in why he deserves to go to prison before, during and after. That's right. His protected speech after the event where he celebrated to a certain degree when he said to a certain he said something like to a certain degree, we should be proud. I certainly disagree, but uh, he's allowed to say it. And that's justification for him to go to prison. That speech. Yeah, a lot of people are frustrated to see this, but you need to understand the most important factor here. The reason they are engaging in this behavior is because Trump is winning and they know exactly what happens should a man like Trump get reelected. I, I have to imagine Trump's going to want revenge. They're saying that in his criminal trial with the uh, uh, national security documents, Trump will be testifying in his own criminal case. Now, typically, you're not supposed to do that. They say, don't don't testify. Sometimes people do. Rittenhouse did. Trump wants to because Trump wants to uh, Trump wants to rally. Trump knows that him speaking in his defense will be one of the most powerful speeches or statements he ever gives. Sitting in a, in a, in a courtroom, being asked a question by the defense counsel, his lawyers, and then him being able to say what he wants to say. When it comes to the election charges from Florida, uh, I'm sorry, from Georgia and the federal government, which uh, is coming out of D.C., I think that Trump and his lawyers are looking at it like, well, we will now be able to adjudicate the claims made in court for the American people to hear. That's partially why I think they're like, OK, we'll come in and we'll we'll surrender. Trump and his team, these people being charged, have been trying for a long time to get their claims heard in open court. And it's going to be very interesting when the defense says, here's evidence of voter fraud sworn under oath and signed affidavits in a criminal proceeding. I wonder how they'll handle that. 
In the meantime, outside of all of that, I think when you look at the things they're doing in terms of criminal indictments, going after Trump supporters, it's because they know when Eric Adams comes out and says this city will fall and there is no solution moving forward and I don't know what we do because of immigration, you're going to get a lot of people who are going to say, I'm not voting for these people anymore. For one, you're going to get woke, crazy people who say that Adams is, is, is scapegoating migrants. I won't vote for him. Okay. You're going to get regular working class people are going to be like, this is a huge problem and someone's got to deal with immigration. And you'll see a marked shift towards Trump or anybody willing to address illegal immigration. And this means the Democrats cannot win. And it means they can't win in the conventional sense. But with mass mass ballot harvesting and dirty games, perhaps the shadow campaign to save the election, they said. I believe that if you were to have a single day of voting, paper ballots, Trump would win by a healthy sum. But we don't have that. The Democrats keep changing the rules, expanding voting and saying, oh, it's about enfranchisement. Yes, spare me, dude. The Constitution says we have an election day and we should have paper ballots. The problem and there are challenges across the board, right? Paper ballots can get lost. You know, there's a debate between Mike Lindell and others about universal mail and voting and things like that. Sure. You can get a batch of votes for Trump that disappear and a batch for uh, votes for Biden appear. Who knows? Who knows? I will say one of the big problems that uh, we have in our elections is that we have a proprietary company. We have proprietary software, a company with proprietary software in the voting machines. We don't know what those voting machines do. So I reject that. Ian often brings it up on Timcast. We need we, that source code needs uh, needs to be released to the public. Agreed. The source code for our voting machines should be open and available to the public for review. For the time in the time being, I'm not convinced any of our elections are legitimate in the sense everyone everyone says everyone's always cheating, dude. If you think elections are people coming out and saying vote for me for this reason, and then their guy be like, well, you should vote for me for this reason, and then everyone signs their name and then we count it, that's not how it works. It's dirty games. It has always been dirty games, and it will continue to be dirty games. In the meantime, at least we can revel in the Democrats suffering under problems of their own making. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In a shocking viral video, we see a young man and woman enjoying what appears to be some kind of grilled burrito in a video that they call muck, what is it, mukbang, I think it's called, where people gorge themselves. In the early video, there are young, thin-looking individuals. Five years later, you have two individuals who are morbidly and deathly obese. Now, this has shocked a lot of people. The video's going around. I'm seeing it reposted a lot. But I must clarify something before we get into this talk about social degradation. This is not the same woman in the videos. The young woman up top is not the same woman on the bottom. So the only real critique here is for the YouTuber Nikocado Avocado, who I believe represents, I mean, the Sodom and Gomorrahification of America is the easiest way to put it. Maybe not even necessarily America, but Western society. A lot of people are posting memes about this because you see the massive weight gain. And Nikocado Avocado has been in the news quite a bit. One, he's got millions of followers. And if you look at the videos produced by the individual in question, it seems like he's making, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this. I, I don't know. It is some kind of homosexual fetish content. That's it. This is, it's not so much about him. <clears throat> I think there's a lot to be said in terms of the massive weight gain, the irresponsibility, 
the disgusting nature of what our social media platforms are doing to our young people. But outside of just Nikocado Avocado's massive gaining of weight and this this horrifying behavior, which is bad for kids, bad for people. There's a lot of questions about free speech, to be completely honest. But there's also an issue of what we see people promoting, what we see them turning into, what social media algorithms are encouraging people to do. But more importantly, a lot of the content that you see on TikTok, a lot of the content that you see on YouTube is fetish content. You've got NPCs, you know, the, the cake so good or what ice cream so good or whatever it is they're saying. These people aren't engaging in overt sexual acts, but they're engaging in fetish content for other people, mostly dudes, to, you know, do their thing. You have other creators like Poppy. I think Poppy's great in terms of music. I'm a fan of Poppy's music. Uh, I, I like Flux, really great song. But Poppy produced a whole bunch of very creepy videos, which I think can only be described as fetish content. There's a video where Poppy is this small woman saying, oh, no, the hands, they're touching me. Please don't know. And I'm like, dude, come on. This is creepy stuff. And it's it's what people like clicking on. And because of that, it's what YouTube will keep allowing, keep promoting, and it will have a serious negative impact on society. Let's talk about our good friend, Nikocado Avocado. This dude needs help, serious help. And my first thought was ban this outright. But there's an issue of free speech, man. You're allowed to gorge yourself and be a morbidly obese, unhealthy individual. So there are questions about whether it's an issue of law or an issue of culture. And I defer to uh, everyone's favorite, Ron Paul. He said of abortion that it shouldn't be illegal. It should be unthinkable. He's correct. Now, there are some questions about whether or not it should be illegal in many circumstances, to be fair. But in this instance, you should be allowed to make videos like this, but it should be unthinkable. The problem is you've got foreign interests that want to subvert and destroy the United States. You have economic interests. You have strange proclivities. And of course, so long as it's allowed, it will persist. What we need is strong moral integrity, which is slipping away in this country. Here's the video. Uh, It's just a short clip. And uh, I, I do think it's misleading people because this woman is not this woman. They are not the same person. Cheers to my friend Nadia. Wow. A good time and overtime. Uh, basically, what you're seeing is they have this massive plate of blue dyed noodles. It's horribly disgusting. Uh, it, I, I, I'm look, I'm not trying to be mean to these people, but trying to do I'm doing the research on this and it has me on the verge of vomiting. Just the. the the noises they make, the things they're doing, it breaks my heart. It's offensive and it's sad. The first thing I want to point out is I pulled up the original video. Big Juicy Burrito Mukbang. And it is uh, a young and thin Nikocado Avocado and his friend Nadia enjoying some food. Nadia is not the woman seen in the other video who is morbidly obese. And uh, I'm not going to pull up her profile, but I, I basic digging because they have the social media linked on the YouTube channel. Nadia is actually very fit and rides bikes. I don't know who she is. I don't know if she's a personality. She doesn't really make any any content outside of this. But uh, her most recent uh, uh, videos and photos from only the past couple of years show a very fit bicyclist who uh, very thin, not the same person. But let's talk about where we are today with the likes of someone like Nikocado Avocado. You know, so I go to Nikocado Avocado's uh, YouTube channel and uh, to see 
this transformation, I go to the oldest videos. Sure enough, this individual is very thin. Uh, Six years ago, you have a post. I'm getting fat and don't know why. The next video was say hello to my double chin. This is just sad and absolutely disgusting that our society has gotten to this point where we are effectively wall-e, morbidly obese individuals celebrating their un... Look, I want this dude to be healthy and fit. Instead, there are photos on the internet of him in a mobility scooter struggling to walk. Family Guy did the joke with Refrigerator Meg. You see it? Meg gets a ton of traffic on the internet by eating whatever randomly she pulls out of the fridge, becomes morbidly obese, and then has her limbs removed. They're making fun of this. Does YouTube not see a problem with this? I'll tell you what's so gosh darn offensive. YouTube suppresses political content, but props this up. I'm getting fat and I don't know why. Well, dude, it's because you're gorging yourself on fried, disgusting, unhealthy food. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. Nikogato Avocado has a couple uh, different channels. I don't believe this is uh, his first. He started off apparently as a vegan YouTuber, small and thin. He started making these mukbang videos, which is gorging yourself on disgusting food, apparently. And you can see how skinny he is. Now, if you were to take every single one of these images, an algorithm could probably do it. And then you played them in sequence, you would see this dude slowly get fatter and fatter. And it seems to rapidly accelerate. Why? The crazier he got, the more views he got, the more money he makes. That's the presumption. I don't know exactly what he's doing or why he's doing it. But, you know, my first mukbang, it's like an old video he reposted where he's just gorging himself. And of course, he starts gaining serious weight. Now, early on, it was videos of him just shoveling food in his mouth, which, look, why does someone want to watch something like that? People watch weird things. I think ASMR is weird and creepy, and it's the most, oh man, dude. Some people love ASMR. I don't know what it stands for, I forget. But it's where they make those noises and whisper. There are creepy videos where it's like sleeping next to your girlfriend, and these young women will make noises that humans don't make during sleep. They'll go, and they'll like make breathy sounds, because it's not real life. And then, of course, people play it as they go to bed. I don't care if you like ASMR, but when I hear like ASMR infuriates me, dude, not a whole lot gets me angry. Not a whole lot. But as soon as ASMR stuff starts, I'm ready to just smash the speaker. It's like just pure primal rage. It's just it nails on a chalkboard. This stuff offends me because the dude's killing himself. He's killing himself. And YouTube is like, oh, we're fine with it. We're, we're fine with encouraging children to cause physical harm to themselves. But if you dare say something like, in my personal opinion, I think Donald Trump would make a better president. They're like, oh, better remove that content from the platform. The fascinating thing is that all medical advice you'll get from a doctor will say this kills you. And YouTube has their medical policy where they're like, you can't encourage people to do things that cause harm to yourself unless you're telling them to eat petrochemical garbage, hydrogenated oils, and all of the junk that comes along with it. And so, while I don't care if this dude wants to eat Burger King, Taco Bell, and make whatever he wants to make, fine, so be it. It is a problem when YouTube encourages this, promotes it, shows how much money you can make. Apparently, this dude's a millionaire. And then other people 
who make content expressing an interest in politics, policy, and a need to do better to save people. Ah, they get removed. They get removed. As we scroll down through this young man's videos, you can see it's all just what I would describe as nasty, uh, gorging videos where he continually gains more and more weight. And because shock content is the name of the game, he's got clickbait videos like I'm leaving forever. You've seen that all on YouTube. And then eventually gets to the point where he just starts engaging in overt sexual activities in his thumbnails. Seriously, all of his thumbnails turn into look at this. He's becoming obese. He's he's smashing his chin. He's trying to look fatter. He's making money off doing it. I'm getting fat and don't know why. Here's my double chin. You scroll down through the years and you see more and more videos where he's starting to gain weight, disgusting medical issues, him shoving things in his face, crying and screaming, heartbroken. It's all the clickbait. Why I'm leaving saying goodbye. Here's a couple of morbidly obese, hungry, fat chick, 12 million views. And then he figures it out. Heart attack grill with hungry, fat chick. And now he's making money. And that brings us to the video from Clown World. This woman here, hungry, fat chick. He is now massively, morbidly obese. He weighs apparently, I think, 400 pounds. That's what I saw reported. He is probably on the verge of dying. And it's only getting worse. I'm going to scroll down. And I'm going to show you what YouTube allows, but I think you should be warned. I think it's unfair uh, 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 to not warn you of what you're about to see in his thumbnails, what I would describe as overt sexual content and morbid obesity, degeneracy, things that would seriously harm someone's life being promoted on YouTube. I'm now going to jump to his latest videos. Many of you have seen this. It's just right there. Here's the massively, morbidly obese individuals getting 1.2 million views three weeks ago. Same thing. 10,000. Here's him riding around in a mobility scooter. This man is destroying his life. Here's one of his typical thumbnails of him and another man who is also seemingly morbidly obese with massive amounts of food, 3 million views, and they're making out. Here's, I think this is the guy he married. Look at how many thumbnails of his. Are, and he's getting millions of views from this are him. It's the same. It's the same shot with Photoshop of him making out with his, I believe, husband eating disgusting foods. And this thumbnail they do, they do it all the time. Here he is the same thing over and over again. Two adult men engaging in a public display of a, 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 a it's, it's it's you know, I don't know what base it is, but they're not like banging each other. They're making out in front of massive piles of food to millions of of, of views, millions of views. Look at this. He bought a $2.3 million penthouse. This man will destroy his life for this. We broke up. Oh, okay, sure, dude. This stuff, this stuff breaks my heart. Seeing this, we got to change this culture. This needs to be unthinkable. We need to shame people like this. Not because I want him to feel bad or be mean to him, but dude, the, he's destroying his life. I'm going vegan. There he is eating pizza. He's destroying his life. YouTuber drags me in front of 1.2 million people. Well, here we go, dude. I care about you, man. I look at those videos from when you started and I see this young, healthier looking individual. And then I see you being driven to to psychotic behaviors. King of mukbangs, massively obese and probably on the verge of death. How do we break this? Where's the intervention? 
When is someone going to come out and be like, dude, you need to stop this? How? He's a millionaire. He bought a penthouse. Man, that's crazy to think. What do I want for people? I want you to live a healthy, happy life. I want you to be productive. I want the world to improve. But if this is what the greatest generation fought for, they made a mistake. This should never have been the path that our culture took. Eating, look, I mean, look at this, the disgusting chemicals, the chemical food dyes, Coca-Cola placed in all of these, these videos, him just making out screaming with his mouth covered in, it's just, I, man, this is, um, I think, I think people watch this stuff to mock him, really. And that's what he's, that's what he's become. And it's going to kill him. It is. And he knows it. He's talked about trying to lose weight, but he just keeps getting worse. Riding around in a mobility scooter because he's unhealthy to the point where he struggles to walk. What has become of this person? And, and what will happen to our young people who are being influenced by this level of psychotic content? You got a problem with someone who has political views? Fine. They talk about people getting radicalized on YouTube. Well, not everybody agrees with everything they hear. Not everybody watches this stuff and decides to go eat 10,000 calories. But it's nightmarish, man. This makes money for people. And other people are going to imitate it to try and make money, too. They want to be famous. At the very least, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, leftist, right wing, whatever, capitalist, communist, talking about your views to, to run a business, sure. But gorging yourself to death, I worry, will have significant cultural impact. So perhaps what we need to bring back is shame. We need cultural enforcement and social enforcement. We say the reason you don't eat 10,000 calories on camera while making disgusting faces is because you will be shunned. What you are doing is bad for you. It's bad for everyone else. And we want to encourage people not to engage in behaviors that kill themselves. This is what's fascinating to me. If someone stands on a bridge, you stop them on the edge of the bridge. They're going to jump because what they would do would end their lives in an instant. But if what they're doing ends their lives over the course of a few years, it's acceptable and they make money from it. I reject that. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. And I, I'm torn. Should we set a moral framework where we just say this should not be allowed on YouTube? Maybe. Maybe the issue is this. If you're engaging in behaviors that, call, that, are, that are promoting self-harm or you are self-harming on camera, we downrank that. Shadow bans. I think the question is not that censorship is bad. We censor a lot of things, illegal content, child exploitation. What is our moral line on what we want to be promoted to children? Do we say, let it all happen? I don't know. I think shadow banning could be fine. These videos, these are videos of a man self-harming. And for that, perhaps we should say, we're, we're, we're going to downrank this. If somebody wants to seek it out, fine, they can find it. But YouTube should not be promoting this behavior, which is encouraging a man to kill himself. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Yeah, it looks like Trump's going to win. As of right now, it looks like Donald Trump will win re-election in 2024, or he will win an election for a second, second term because he's not president right now. Here's the story. The big leads got it. Giant Trump or death flag makes appearance at Yankee Stadium during God Bless America. Wow. That's a bold statement, but it, ex it shows the sentiment of many people who are supporting Donald Trump. Why? Well, many on the left will say it's a cult. 
And for some, it kind of is. Donald Trump is uh, definitely has his cult of personality, but it's not the majority. I talked to some of the most diehard Trump supporters, and it's really, in a lot of ways, not even about Trump. Trump's been booed before at his own rallies. His supporters aren't big fans of uh, big pharma and the vaccine. But Donald Trump just looks like a human Molotov cocktail. That's about it. CNN right now is freaking out. Biden's unpopularity could give Trump his shot at reclaiming power. Yeah, give him his shot. It's basically happening. Here's a story from the big lead. The New York Yankees hosted hosted the Detroit Tigers in the Bronx last night, and everything was perfectly normal as two teams who will not be playing October baseball near the end of their obligations until the traditional signing of God Bless America on the seventh inning, when Donald Trump supporters unfurled an enormous flag reading Trump or death from the mezzanine. And when we say enormous, we mean really enormous. There are bigger fish to fry in terms of the ramifications of all this, but it's worth mentioning that getting something like that into the stadium seems difficult. Seriously. The poor Nathan's famous sign a few feet over was just sitting there all awkwardly wondering how it possibly found itself in the situation. Its one job is to remind people about hot dogs and how many a human can eat in 10 minutes. Something about this railing must make it the ideal display for pro-Trump signs back in 2021. Two fans were ejected from uh, ejected for hanging a Trump one banner from the same perch. That one got a lot more reaction, led to a scuffle with stadium security. But here we are, my friends. It's kind of a crazy story. It's got a little trend going on Twitter. And I think it shows you exactly where we're headed. You ready for some shocking information coming out of 538? Yeah, Trump won. I'm saying like as of right now, I'm talking about 2020. Calm down. If the election happens now, Trump wins. Yeah, sorry, man. Take a look at this from the latest polls. DeSantis loses to Joe Biden. Wow, that's shocking to me. This is from premise 538 polls, August 30th to September 5th. Biden versus DeSantis has Biden up two points. Biden versus Trump. Trump is up six points. In another poll, DeSantis is down two and Trump is up five. Moving down to September 4th morning consult, we have Biden beating both Trump and DeSantis. Unsurprising. Trump's not going to win every single poll. Echelon Insights, August 31st. DeSantis loses to Biden. Trump beats Biden. That's crazy. And then CNN, polling all the different candidates of which I really don't care about. They say Chris Christie beats Biden. Ramaswamy does not. DeSantis ties. Tim Scott, Pence, Haley all beat Biden. And they have Nikki Haley beating Biden by six points. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you want to uh, blow up more kids, Nikki Haley's the candidate for you. Donald Trump wins by one point. I'll take Trump, who gave us the Abraham Accords and a timeline for getting out of the Middle East. Here we go. August 30th, the Wall Street Journal, Trump beats Biden. August 29th, The Economist, Trump beats Biden. I love this one. University of California at Berkeley, Biden beats Trump by 20 points. Sorry, forgive me, University of California at Berkeley, if I think your poll is complete garbage. Because 20 points is insane in any context for any reason. But my friends, what we're seeing now in the polls is uh, Donald Trump wins. I don't think Trump lost any supporters. Now, there may be some churn and burn, but Trump has gained. So I think probably Trump is slightly up a little bit. You can see it in the approval ratings in the polls. 
What I mean to say is Trump may lose a supporter here and there, but probably unlikely. But he gains a couple here and there. I think the reality of what we're seeing is that Trump's base is standing firm and Biden is losing support. Nate Cohn on Twitter says CNN SSRS shows Trump up one. And the underlying story is much like the other polls. Biden hitting his targets among whites. Really? But leading 58 to 34 among non-white voters. As I wrote yesterday, he says it's basically a myth. The problem is that minorities and black voters especially almost always poll worse than they actually turn eyes. It's not true. Says, hopefully helpful for all of your cross tab, uh, you cross tab divers in the future among black voters. Democrat support is now below 80 percent. That's crazy. And Republican support is now upwards near 20. And don't get me wrong. I'm not entirely convinced we'll actually see those numbers. Polling is probably not completely accurate in that regard. But I do think it shows the trend is there. CNN says the devastating verdict voters delivered to President Joe Biden in a new CNN poll is especially stark ahead of the most unprecedented election in modern times. 14 months before his fate is decided, Biden's unpopularity may be brewing the only possible conditions in which a disgraced and anti-democratic ex-president who might be a convicted felon by Election Day would be able to squeeze back power. It begs the question of how GOP frontrunner Donald Trump, whose administration was a four year cacophony of chaos, scandal and fury, blah, blah, blah. Shut up, CNN. What's the question? How could he be locked in a statistical tie among registered voters with Biden after facing 91 criminal charges? It's because your narrative machine is broken and we know you're lying. I can, can I just point something out? I am so tired of people saying begs the question. It doesn't mean that. Uh, begs the question means basically is circular logic. But now it begs the question. I love this. What they're really saying it is it, it makes us wonder. You can just say that it begs the question because people who don't know what the original meaning is think it's saying it is they, they interpret the phrase begging the question as to mean it is humbly requesting that somebody ask how this could be possible. Humbly ask this question. Dude, you can just literally ask it. You can say, we wonder how it's possible. But anyway, I'm done being nitpicky. The chief rationale behind Biden, Biden's bid for a second term, is that he is the best positioned Democrat to beat Trump again. He's not. But unless political conditions change significantly in the coming months, that narrative may be in doubt. If the president goes on to lose re-election to Trump or any other Republican, the warning signs contained in the CNN poll, which mirrors his troubles in other recent surveys, but goes far deeper on reasons for his malaise, will have foreshadowed the story of his downfall. The survey conducted by SSRS and released on Thursday paints a picture of a pessimistic and divided nation that is far from experiencing the return to normality that had been promised in 2020 by Biden, a president the country finds neither inspiring nor worthy of confidence. You see Kamala Harris? She said that uh, she's ready to take over should Joe Biden fall ill or incapacitated. Oh, man. Is that how they do it? I've talked about the possibility, the the way you get Gavin Newsom in. Joe Biden goes to a rally in California, suffers a medical incident. Gavin Newsom runs out, saves the day. And that is how you swap people out. Here's another scenario. Joe Biden suffers a medical incident and Kamala Harris assumes the role of acting president. Joe Biden is incapacitated and can't run again. Kamala Harris says she does not want to run for president in this way that she was a team with Joe Biden and that 
you know, seeing Joe go out this way, she'll humbly stand aside, humbly stand aside to be there for Joe. But that she cannot, in good faith, run for president. Something like that could work. It's possible. And then Gavin Newsom steps up and says, you did the right thing. You helped this nation in a time of need. Thank you for everything you've done. A lot of people think that Kamala Harris will get a Supreme Court appointment or something like that. Maybe there's talk of some retirements. We'll see how that goes. But I do think it is fair to say with Biden failing in the polls right now, it's giving Trump supporters some hope, but they could swap him out and that could change things. A large portion of Democrats, I think in the 60 like 63 percent or 68, say they can't vote for the guy. He's too old. So what do they do? Gavin Newsom. He's the only guy they got right now. I don't see Newsom winning. I can't see Newsom beating Donald Trump. Joe Biden was always a maybe because people hate Donald Trump, but Newsom is too uh, plastic. I just don't see it. There's a possibility, of course, that things play out this way, but I can only tell you right now, you ain't seen nothing yet. With the arrest, with, with the sentencing guidelines of Owen Schroyer for his speech, with the arrest of lawyers, they are not going to just let Trump win a regular old election. It'll get interesting. How it plays out, we don't know for sure, my friends, but with people dropping these banners, with the polls, where we're currently at, they better do something dramatic if they, th- if they want to try to win, because right now, it's Trump, baby, right now, and that could change. So I hope everybody's paying attention. I hope you go knock on doors, you advocate as much as you can, and you vote. I'll leave it there. Next segment is up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Come watch the show and hang out live, and I'll see you all then.